are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome back to another fresh week here at Locked On Saints, brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first order. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. On today's episode, we're going to hear from wide receiver coaches Curtis Johnson and Ronald Curry. They talk to New Orleans media about their visions for Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Harris, and Emmanuel Butler. And Coach Johnson told us which receiver he believes will have a breakout year in 2020. Then PFF ran. Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport as a top edge defender duo. We'll talk about where they rank and what they can do in 2020. And finally, we'll wrap up with a quick look at why we might only see two exhibition games in the preseason instead of four and what that means for players and teams. We got all that coming up with a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Late last week, New Orleans Saints wide receiver coaches Curtis Johnson and Ronald Curry took some time to speak with New Orleans media to talk about the fit, vision, and plan for some of the wide receivers in a very busy wide receiver room and talked about who they believe is going to have a breakout year in 2020. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. So let's start off with uh, one of the more popular additions this offseason for the New Orleans Saints and Emmanuel Sanders. Ronald Curry was asked about what the vision is for Sanders bringing him in and how they plan to use him on the field this upcoming season. You know, he's a transition player. You want to get the ball in his hands. You want to, you got a vision for him on third down, win a one-on-one matchups in the red zone. You feel like he's going to fit right like Ted Ginn, like a veteran that's going to be what he's supposed to be on time for Drew. So, you know, we have a vision for him you know, on third down and how we can use him, you know, maybe taking some, some of that option and stuff off of um, AK's plate. And, you know, and some of the stuff that Ted Ginn was doing, double moves, sitting down, you know, transitional stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff in his offense, man. It's the offense forever going, you know, trying to get him involved. So when Coach Curry there talks about Emmanuel Sanders being a transition player, what he's specifically talking about is his ability to transition in and out of the breaks in his routes, in and out of being able to come back to the quarterback, those types of routes that he runs. And because Emmanuel Sanders is such a fantastic route runner, he does a lot of those things well. He's able to keep within his frame when he sticks in order to break out to his routes. He's able to keep his hands live at the top of routes. All of those things that we know that Emmanuel Sanders does very well really does come down to him being a good transitional player. We talked about how Ted Ginn Jr. did very well on his in-breaking routes, any of his odd routes, anything that was, you know, a dig or an over or uh, or an in-breaking route. All of that he was actually really good at. And we saw that particularly if you think back to the 2018 game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the big third and 25 that the Saints were able to convert because of Ted Ginn Jr.'s big in-breaking route where he found the hole in the zone. That is very much what you're going to be able to see from Emmanuel Sanders. So those as well as what Ronald Curry there talked about when he was talking about him being somebody that they could also rely on in the red zone on third down and be able to use in options in place of, let's say, if you wanted to 
run maybe a stick adjustment or a stick type of concept to where you have to decide whether or not you're going to come back to the quarterback or break out toward the sideline, you can have Emmanuel Sanders do that as opposed to Alvin Kamara, which is just going to help you to continue to diversify your offense. So Emmanuel Sanders' effect, not just about what he can do, but what he can alleviate from other players and free them up to do is going to be very, very important in this upcoming season. Now, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't the only Emmanuel that was discussed. They also talked a bit about Emmanuel Butler. Here's what Coach Curry had to say about Butler. Well, I mean, he, he's another young guy. I mean, we got a couple of them. Um, you know, him and LJ, you know, Austin Carr, um, guys we just just picked up in the draft where he's going to have to compete. You know, I think with him is he just has to have a little bit more growth on special teams. Um, we saw him in training camp make a lot of plays, but then he, you know, he suffered an injury that really set him back some. And, it, you know, it just it happened to when preseason was about to start. And it would have been great to see him continue to grow. Um, the good thing about him is, you know, he was able to play you know, the position that Mike plays. So, you know, when we're trying to save Mike, he got a lot of the opportunities that would probably went to Mike. And now that he's in the second year of his offense, we're looking for him to you know, play some other positions to give himself a better chance on really making the team. The one thing I just know we'll never get tired of talking about this offseason is versatility. Versatility, flexibility, being multiple. That's exactly what we're talking about here yet again when it comes to what Ronald Curry had to say about Emmanuel Butler. Is that The next step for Butler is to see how else he can contribute to this offense and contribute to this team. He didn't make the roster last year, even though he had a fantastic training camp got injured that kind of slowed him up didn't perform too great in the preseason probably still coming back from that injury and then spent all of 2019 on the uh, practice squad so there's an opportunity now for him to come back into training camp here uh, within the next uh, in just about a month and be able to come back and sort of get back into that role but then also find new ways to contribute to the team can he play from inside can he be somebody that also works in special teams that's all going to be very important when it comes to Emmanuel Butler but let's hear now from Curtis Johnson and who he he believes is going to have a breakout season in 2020. Now, the one thing I would say about Traquan also, we took him from an outside receiver and we moved him to an inside receiver by necessity. And he's been outstanding doing those things. We just got to continue to work with him on, you know, some of the things that he never done in, in, in college. And he didn't do very much of it the first year that he was here. But I think his improvement is going to be drastic and, and he's going to be a but really, he's going to break out season. I'll, 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 I'll write that down. So a lot of confidence in Traquan Smith. And they also showed a lot of confidence in Deontay Harris as well. I didn't share any clips about Deontay Harris because they didn't really go in depth about what his view, what their vision is for him next season. But talked a little bit about why his role was so sort of reserved and, and much smaller last year. And it really just kind of came down to the hamstring injury, trying to save him as a returner. And then also just him being new to the offense. But they did mention that he will have a more expanded role in 20. 20 just didn't really go into detail about what that means and to me that's pretty exciting I like that mystery I like knowing you know all right they're looking at Deontay Harris but how exactly are they going to use him I did learn that they call him Shorty B though so if we ever call him Shorty B on the show you know why all right so a lot of excitement here around this wide receiver group and around this wide receiver room and Ronald Curry and Curtis Johnson surely of course have their work cut out for them with a lot of wide receivers to sort through here over the offseason but that is going to be well underway before we ever get to the preseason which may 
AB shortened to just two gains. We'll talk about that later, but coming up next, we're going to take a look at Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport, PFF, ranking them as one of the top edge defender duos in the NFL. We'll talk about why. We'll talk about where they rank up next. But first, today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm serious, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And now they've got an incredible initiative going on over at the website right now. Uh, They're doing an inventory closeout. They've got 8 million bars to sell, and they're selling them all for up to 50% off of everything on the website with 100% of the profits going to donations and organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. It's incredible stuff. Again, up to 50% off of everything with 100% of those donations going to some fantastic organizations and charities like Black Girl Code, like Pretty Brown Girl, and The Innocence Project. So check them out over at BuiltBar.com. Get your favorite protein bar on the market. There's no doubt about it. Best tasting one out there. Get your favorite flavors. Go ahead and get your protein bars and make a difference at BuiltBar.com. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's show, we want to take a look over at PFF. They did a list of the best edge defender duos in the NFL, and Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport find themselves up pretty high on this list, top three. However, they're not number one, and they're not number two. They do land at number three. Number one spot is taken by Nick Bosta and, uh, and Eric Armstead, of course, and then number two is taken by Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon. Probably want to see a little bit more out of Olivier Vernon personally before I would rank them up that high. But you know what? It is what it is. And that's totally fine. PFF, they be grading. Uh, But number three, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport. And I love seeing these guys up here because we know that Cameron Jordan is absolutely one of the best edge defenders in the NFL. And and we should draw a, a pretty important understanding here that we're talking about edge defenders, right? Not just edge rushers. We're talking about dual guys. We're talking about guys that not only get after the quarterback, but that can also be a part of the run game and that can do you know, that can set the edge, whether it is that they're making tackles or they're simply redirecting or disencouraging uh, running backs from coming their way, forcing cutbacks, things like that. Or they're making tackles behind the line of scrimmage, which we see Cam Jordan do a lot, which we see um, uh, Marcus Davenport do well when he's healthy. And I think that's the big thing. The, the biggest question when it comes to these guys is can Marcus Davenport stay healthy? So let's talk a little bit first about what caused PFF to grade them as one of the top three at number three here when it comes to the edge defenders. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport projections into 2020. So there have only been three edge rushers in the NFL with a 90 plus grade in terms of pro football focus in 2006, 2007, and 2018. Those were Cam Jordan, Von Miller, as well as Khalil Mack. And there were only three players at the position with a run defense and pass rushing grades over 80 in the 2019 regular season, which were Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, and yes, Cam Jordan. So Cam Jordan shows you consistency over these last few years and really since he's since his rookie year. I mean, he had the one sack in his rookie year when he was playing more sort of a five tech five tech run stopper as opposed to an edge rusher getting after the quarterback. Then when he switched his when they switched his role and allowed him to get after the quarterback, from that point forward, he's just been the model of consistency for this team. Uh double digit sacks over the last few seasons as well. And he was nearly the sack leader. Uh it had it not been for the fact that, you know, Shaquille Barrett had like twenty sacks in the first three games. But when it comes down to what Cameron Jordan has shown you is that he can be consistent and he could be consistent not only as a pass rusher, but as a run stopper. So they're the edge defender 
gender delineation once again. As for Marcus Davenport, he was 14th overall in 2018 in terms of his draft, and a lot of people were uh, a little concerned about the Saints trading away two first-round picks to, to move up and grab him at 14. But according to Pro Football Focus, he helped to put some of those doubts behind him with a strong second season. Particularly, they talk about his 84.1 overall grade through the first 14 weeks, so when he was healthy, and that ranked 15th at that time amongst 108 qualifying edge defenders. They also graded him as one of the better run defenders at that edge rusher position as well. So you're seeing a lot of that sort of Cam Jordan, I'm very good against the pass, I'm very good as a pass rusher, and I'm very good in the run game. You're seeing that same type of of versatility when it comes to Marcus Davenport, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop, you know, just in terms of how impressive he is in terms of his grades and things like that. He was also one of just 16 edge rushers with 50 or more quarterback pressures through week 14. So he is getting pressure on the quarterback. Converting those to sacks is definitely going to help him out in 2020, but also remaining active and effective in the run game along with Cameron Jordan over on the opposite side. Definitely going to help that, uh, help him continue to grow as well and continue to maybe eschew those concerns when it comes to what the Saints did to get him in New Orleans trading up to 14th overall in 2018 to draft him. Now, the top five is rounded out with the Los Angeles Chargers with Joey Bosa as well as Melvin Ingram. Makes sense. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers also makes sense with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. So let's talk a little bit about what it is that Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan can do in 2020 or need to do in 2020. And I think for Cam Jordan, you know, he, again, has just been the model of consistency. If he just continues to do his thing, then he is totally fine. Uh, I'd love to see him get to a place where he puts up another one of those triple double seasons where he gets double digit sacks, double digit tackles for a loss and double digits fat, double digit passes defended, especially with his ability to uh, bat passes at the line of scrimmage. But the biggest question mark here is not necessarily Cam Jordan, but it's Marcus Davenport. Can he stay healthy? That Liz Frank injury is big for a guy his size. And especially because he spends so much time coming out of a two point stance. If the Liz Frank is the plant foot, which it was last season, but if it continues to be his plant foot or, or, or the foot off of which he, he bursts off the line of scrimmage, that's going to potentially cause him some issues in his explosion. So it'll be it'll be one of those things that you're going to want to watch uh, throughout training camp in the little bit of preseason or the full-on preseason that we get, however that ends up being the case. Uh, but you'll definitely want to watch that and see, does he has he fallen behind at all in terms of his explosion off the line of scrimmage, or is he doing well? Now, the Saints have much better trainers these days than they did uh, just a few years ago, Delvin Bro, for instance. So there's a lot of reason to be confident in what Marcus Davenport can do as you know as he rehabs and as he comes back from that injury, um, and you know is apparently already ready to go. But we'll see exactly how long he's able to if if he's able to prolong himself. That's really the biggest question mark. That's really the biggest question because to me, if he stays healthy, he's a double digit sack guy. He had six through fourteen games last season, was slowed up by the injury, and then the 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 pass rush really just fell off after that fourteenth week after that game against San Francisco, where both he and Sheldon Rankins got hurt. You keep Sheldon Rankins healthy as well, which would be really, really fantastic because he's a facilitator in the middle, taking up bodies, taking up offensive line blocks so that it frees up those guys and puts those guys on one-on-one blocks and allows them to take advantage of their strength, their speed, their athleticism, and get to the quarterback. Same thing in the run game, allows them to only have one blocker on them because they need to plug up Sheldon Rankins up the middle. So all of those things factor in in terms of health. It's not just Marcus Davenport, you know, when it comes to the full defensive line, but in terms of the edge defenders, he becomes the biggest question mark. Can he stay healthy and can he produce? And if he can, 
I believe he does, right? If he does, if he can stay healthy, he does produce. We've seen that already. Uh, this could be a very, very fun defensive line yet again in 2020. We saw them last year rack up over 50 sacks. And for the majority of the pace that they were playing over the first 14 games, most of those sacks, a lot of those sacks, nearly all of those sacks came from the defensive line. Not much help from blitzing linebackers, not much help from blitzing secondary. Dennis Allen was just able to let the defensive line get after the quarterback and then let the back end just sit back and play coverage and do what they needed to do to mitigate the passing game while the edge rushers in the defensive line worried about getting after the quarterback and making them uncomfortable as well as defending the run. So you see it. You see it. It's all here. The formula is there. They just need to execute it, right? Everything's here in terms of uh, in terms of what they need and the pieces that they need to put all of this together. But I'm excited to see these guys again. I love seeing them get some recognition here from Pro Football Focus and uh, seeing them ranked as the third best edge defender tandem going into 2020. And I look forward to them either living up to that or exceeding that once the season does finally kick off. All right, y'all. So coming up next, we're going to dive into the preseason for just a moment. Just talking a little bit about uh, the Saints in the NFL. NFLPA, not the Saints, sorry, the NFL and the NFLPA. I have had some conversations about potentially shortening the preseason. We'll talk about what that means, uh, how that would happen, and why they would do that. We've got that coming up for you next. But first, got something very, very important that I want to say to you and that I want to tell you about. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On, the network, is also matching the total of host donations up to an additional $10,000. Incredible stuff, and I'm extremely proud of it. To make your own donation along with us, please take a moment to visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in traditional chain storefronts. Why endure all of the pointless and seemingly intimidated questions and have to wait for the guy at the counter to put in all the orders, order the parts on his computer, choose the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry when you could potentially just do this all at home by yourself at rockauto.com. You can either do it at home on your computer or you can even do it from your pocket on your phone. Rockauto.com is a family business that serves auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for the auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have an extensive catalog and it's remarkable easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle and be sure to write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that you need for your vehicle ever at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode with a little bit of NFL-centric news, right? We do this every now and then to where we kind of dive into some things that affect the Saints, and this is certainly a big one. Um, the NFL and the NFLPA, according to Tom Pelissero, have mentioned that there is some potential of shortening this year's off, I'm sorry, preseason from four games down to two games. The tweet that Pelissero put out uh, just about five days ago is discussing the possibility of shortening the 2020 preseason. Nothing is finalized or imminent, but multiple team executives informed by talks currently believe that they could end up playing two preseason games rather than four. Now, why do this is one of the big questions. And one of the the biggest reasons that they're considering this is that it does give team medical staff 
time to figure out game day protocols, precautions, safety protocols, things like that. Just gives them more time to get all of that sorted out before we end up flying players across the country. And that's the other big part of this is that it also limits the amount of cross-country travel that some of these players have to do to areas that are still either re-spiking for a second wave or that are still being hit heavily by the coronavirus pandemic uh, today, right? So when you look at what it is for the Saints and how this could affect the Saints, we're probably looking at the first two preseason games being taken out. So for the Saints, that's both road games, right? So this mitigates the amount of travel that the Saints have to do and you know mitigates the amount of risk that it potentially puts them at as well as other teams as well. You see that the Saints would have to go all the way out to Los Angeles for the first uh, game of the preseason to play at SoFi Stadium and then back to New Orleans and then fly to Pittsburgh in a nationally televised game to play uh, against the Steelers. Now, if, the, if this were to happen and the preseason gets shortened down to just two games, the Saints would essentially just be at home versus the Texans, then versus the Dolphins, and then that's it. That would be their two games, I imagine. And then, uh, so that helps a team like the Saints. Doesn't help teams like, let's say, the Houston, well, the Houston Texans, I guess, not so bad because they wouldn't have to travel as far. They just traveled to New Orleans. Miami, same thing, not traveling very far. But then you look at some of these other teams that would still have to travel and things like that. So it doesn't solve everything. And it does create its own type of issue. So while it's good in terms of keeping everybody safe at a very uncertain time, it does make it a little bit tougher for some of these guys that you know, are undrafted free agents that are brand new to teams that are drafted in day three later rounds it makes it harder for them to really prove that they get an op- that they should get an opportunity on an NFL team. Because remember, players that go out there and play during the preseason aren't just auditioning for their team. They're auditioning across the NFL because every NFL team is watching these preseason games to see, all right, that person got cut, you know, or if that person gets cut, do we want to take a risk or do we want to take a flyer on them? Do we want to sign them? Whatever that might be. So the idea of shortening the preseason has a big effect on players that are still trying to get jobs, right? That are looking for an opportunity here in the NFL and having only two preseason games to prove themselves does create an issue uh, for those players. So some of the undrafted guys, like for the Saints perspective, let's say a Marquez Calloway or let's say a Jawan Johnson, for instance, for uh, some of these later day three guys like Tommy Stevens, who's really going to get an opportunity to look at Tommy Stevens if he can't play but two games in the preseason? Is that enough time, right? So there's a lot of different questions here in terms of how this actually affects clubs. But is it better overall in terms of the risk versus reward of creating these additional safety protocols and really getting detailed and giving them the extra two weeks to prep here, which also makes up a little bit of time for teams to continue to extend their training camp and extend some time based on the amount of time that they uh, that they missed in terms of OTAs and offseason training activities, mini camps, things like that, which really is disproportionate, right? Because we're talking about just potentially giving teams maybe two weeks. It's not that big of an addition, but is that enough for a team, for teams to also want to push for this, despite the fact that they don't get a full-on good look at their players in the preseason? Does the two weeks of extra training camp give them what they need? And how does this also affect injuries and people going into the uh, going into the regular season healthy? Having two fewer games to play before the regular season could actually help a lot of players who would usually, you know, we see a lot of players get injured during the preseason. Instead, you give them two extra weeks of conditioning, two additional weeks of getting 
getting them ready for full speed, full contact football. You play two games, then you dive into the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see if that does happen, um, how this really affects the game and the product in 2020. There's really a lot of pros. There's some cons here. There's a lot of cons about it as well. So we'll see and we'll continue to monitor it and watch out and see exactly what it is that the uh, NFL and the NFLPA decides to do heading into this year. It's a wacky, wacky offseason and it just continues to get all the more wacky. So all right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Now that you're done here, make sure you tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Fantasy Football. Take some time to visit with Vinny Iyer and let him help you get ready for your fantasy football drafts that I'm sure are upcoming. I got to get my league reboosted and uh, and restarted. We should do a Locked on Saints fantasy football uh couple of fantasy football leagues actually don't let me forget that don't let me forget that that's a great idea if anybody's interested let me know all right so that's gonna do it for today's episode y'all make sure you come back tomorrow we got twitter tuesday we'll continue on in our 90 man roster preview for new orleans and continue to keep you updated as always with the news and notes of the day as always if you have any questions have anything you want to contribute to the show you can always reach out to me on twitter or facebook private messages dms always open for you you could also always call the locked on saints listener line at 504-229-4265 and then leave a message to be featured here on the show uh thanks so much everybody as always for coming through once again i'm ross jackson you can find me on twitter at ross jackson n-o-l-a hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the show and if you haven't already please take a moment to subscribe drop that five star rating and review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust to that nation i'll holla at you